Revelation said it's like that. Unless God do it. He that laboreth, labors in vain. Sometimes you're working on stuff and it's not God that's doing it. You're laboring in vain. You feel like that it's fruitile and it's not coming to pass because what? You're laboring in vain. You know what? I've been working and pleading and going before the Lord for that school and saying, God, I told him I need money, I need money, I need money, I need money. But I just said the other night, it is so. The man of God have already spoken it. It is so. Everything that I need, it is so. August 2012, it is so. It is done. It is completed. It is finished. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Come worship with us. Enter the nomination of faith, Church of the Living God, 1279 Picking Road, Leesville, Louisiana, where God is first and people are always. Welcome to the Living Your Destiny broadcast with Dr. John Barton, bringing you the Word of God with simplicity and revelation. Now, let's join Dr. Barton for today's message. You found Numbers 23, verse 19. Let's read it together. Ready, read. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Can you say amen? amen. Can you say amen again? Amen. Now tonight, uh, first of all, Sunday we talked about the God that never changes. And what I was wanting to uh, get across to you is that God is the most consistent person there is. He is consistent in love. He is consistent in patience. He is consistent in long-suffering. He is consistent in faithfulness, in goodness, in whatever it is he has spoken. He is consistent with his word. He's the God that never changes. He hasn't changed his mind about you. Although other people may have changed their mind about you, they may have told you one week that they love you, but the next week they fell out of love with you. God is not that, that kind of person. Amen. When God says something, God says what he means, and he means what he says. So we established that, and we're going to look at that some more tonight. And uh, tonight, I just want to uh, pin the subject tonight, the integrity of God's word. That's what we're going to look at tonight. The integrity. Everybody say that. The integrity, the integrity. of God's word. word. And I want you to see that God is a God of integrity. And we're going to look at what that word integrity means, but I want to just build a foundation tonight as we uh, just continue to uh, express and, and, and just uh, uh, speak about God's goodness and speak about God's will. And we're going to see something tonight that I believe is going to really change the way you think about God and about God's will for your life. How many of you can use a good mind-renewing message right about now? Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this, another opportunity to minister to these, your sheep. 
We thank you that although the grass may wither, the flower may fade, the word of the Lord will stand forever. I thank you, Lord, that as your Holy Spirit is within me, that he would think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords. Let it be none of me, but let it be all of you. I thank you, Lord, that I am anointed to teach your word with simplicity and understanding. And I thank you also, Father, that your people are equally anointed to hear, understand, and to do your word. For wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, we are getting wisdom, and in all of our getting, we are getting understanding. We thank you right now that at the interest of your word, there is light and there is life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All in agreement, say amen, amen. and amen. I want to give you three objectives uh, when it comes to tonight's teaching. First of all, I want you to understand that as a child of God, it is the will of God for us as believers to not just read the word, not just try to philosophize the Bible or debate the Bible, or not to just treat it like some kind of history book. It is the will of God that we receive the word and begin to start manifesting that word in our lives because that's the purpose of the word. The, the word wants to uh, uh, manifest what the word says. So we're not just hearers again. We're not just readers. We're, we don't just debate the word. We're not looking at this Bible as just a history book. No, God wants to manifest his promises in the lives of his people. And I would just like to think that you are a volunteer of that. You are not a victim of your past. You're not a victim of your childhood. You're not a victim of life circumstances. You are a volunteer of God's covenant promises that he has spoken, amen, before the world was established. And that's what I want you to get into your spirit. The word was written so that it might be spoken. It was spoken so that it might be written. And it was written and spoken so that it might manifest in your life. So whenever you go throughout each day, God is saying, you know, wh where can I manifest my love? Where can I manifest my goodness? Where can I manifest my healing and my power and my favor? How many of you want God to manifest some things in your life? Amen. So you need to understand, that's why the Word, the Word of God wants to become flesh. In the book of John chapter 1, the Bible talks about Jesus. He became what? Flesh. And He dwelt among us. Glory to God. Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's manifesting Himself in us each and every day as we yield to Him. So that's my first ob objective. Number two, I want you to understand that through this teaching, your faith will be quickened. How many of you can use a faith quickening right about now. Why? Because the Bible talks about in Peter so that you can receive the end of your faith. There's an outcome that's going to take place when you believe God. There is an outcome to your prayer. You're not praying for naught. You're not fasting for naught. You're not giving for nothing. Amen. God wants to give you the end of that, that faith that you've been believing God, whether it's for your child, whether it's for, amen, finances to take place. God wants you to manifest an end result. You know what he said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11? I know the plans, the thoughts I think toward you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a what? And expect it in. You can expect God to manifest some good things in your life. I don't know about you, but I've just had this crazy, radical, ridiculous, stupid faith. I don't even know how to term it anymore. 
is just a faith that's beyond me. It's a faith beyond what man can do. It's a faith in what God can do. How many of you have that same faith tonight? And then number three, this teaching is the foundation for any supernatural manifestation of God. I want you to understand that this teaching, this is the foundation. Anything that's going to manifest in your life that is from God, this teaching right here is the foundation. And you have to really receive this in your spirit because I don't want you to just go through each year, amen, talking about a promise that you never receive. I want us to begin to start possessing the promises of God. You know how it is when you possess something? How many of you ever received a gift? Let me see your hands. Amen. You, how many of you love to receive gifts? Amen. You don't just stand there and, oh, you, you bought that for me? Oh, I'm just so unworthy. No, you're like, thank you. Thank you. Brought, oh, thank you. I received that. Glory to God. I received. You take it. You lay hold on it. That's what God wants you to do with his promises in your life. Possess it. Amen. Lay hold of it. Claim it. And, and walk in everything that God has, has in store for you. So this is our night to start receiving and start seeing supernatural manifestation. I prophesy that over this church right now. It's time for us to start seeing supernatural manifestation. I prophesy that over your house right now. It's time for you to start seeing supernatural manifestation. I prophesy that over your health, over your body. It's time for you to start seeing supernatural manifestation. I prophesy that over your finances, over your business, over your job. It's time for you. Oh, I have a good church. People know how to receive from the Lord. Come on, give God praise right now. Come on, say it's my time to start seeing supernatural manifestation in my life in Jesus' name. Now, all of this is possible when you understand the supremacy of God's word, the integrity of God's word, and the importance of that word operating in your life in whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you're believing, you must understand the supremacy of God's word, the integrity of God's word. Amen? So if you are going to receive anything worth having, how many of you can say that you've been, you've been pursuing God and his kingdom? There's a promise when you do that. Matthew 6, this is our church motto. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what's going to happen? these things shall be added unto you. When you seek God, the king, and his kingdom, his way of doing things, whatever you need is going to be added unto you. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, but if you don't understand that God's word is supreme, that God's word is integral, he, his word, he has the final say. His word is the final authority. If you don't place value on that word, how can you ever come into that promise? If you place value on somebody else's word more than you place value on God's word, how can God's promise come to pass in your life? When you believe more than what, than what your, your ex said or what your friend says or what the, 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 the person on television says, if you believe more, there are people that believe more in the meteorologist than they believe in God. Come on, you know when you turn on the television, look at the news, and you listen to Rob, amen, he tells you it's going to rain, you believe him. 
You believe you get your, your umbrella? You get your, your pouch, whatever it is that you wear, your hat? You believe not one drop of rain? I made the mistake of believing that last Tuesday. That's why I ended service a little early. They were talking about tornadoes. They were talking about all kind of wind and clear the road, don't go outside, because at 9 o'clock, tornadoes are going to be everywhere. So I thought I was doing y'all a favor. And I, I texted my brother. I said, I can't believe this man. He said, well, bro, you got to understand, you were preaching about Elijah tonight. brother you stop that rain from coming I said all right I believe that amen because of the power of the Word of God because God's Word has supremacy over any word of a man we try not to kick you tonight brother amen try not to kick you kicking my armor bearer this past Sunday because the word was so good I had to kick somebody somebody say God's Word has integrity so if you don't, if you don't believe, it's whatever you do, whatever you receive from God, you have to know that God's word is supreme. God is going to manifest his word in my life based on my value on his word. Now, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, here's the issue that, that many believers, they, they have. And I mentioned this Sunday, but I want to look at it again. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And you know it, but there's a difference in knowing the scripture and really living the scripture. So Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the weatherman. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Oh, now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Because some of you say, I trust the Lord. But it, you, you're missing the second part. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Okay? How many of you know there's a difference with you know, between saying I trust God and actually trusting him. How many of you ever went to the airport or to a bus station and you were waiting on somebody to come and you were expecting them to arrive at a certain time and it seemed like they were delayed a little bit. So you were getting kind of nervous, wondering if everything was okay. So you start pacing. You know how it is when you're nervous, you start pacing. You start biting your fingernails. I thought they were going to be here at a certain time, and they're not here. Oh, and then you start panicking. Oh, God, something must be wrong. Something, something has happened. Oh, you start thinking the worst. Well, are you exercising trust in that situation? No. Because when you know that that person is going to arrive at that destination, you don't have to worry. 